You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all fit. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome into episode number 77 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Stafford with my co-host Jesse Taylor and we are the Babes on Broad brought to you by Bleeding Green Nation and SB Nation. The Eagles season came to an end after just one playoff game. We needed some time though to kind of put everything in perspective, not vent. We did a couple shows outside separate from each other where we got to do our rants. But now we got to see the divisional rounds. We got to put everything into perspective. And now we're just taking what we felt from that game and looking forward into this offseason, Jess. Looking forward into the offseason. It's it's a shame because we hoped that we could go into the offseason with some positivity and with some, you know, okay, this is what we can build from. And everything that we had talked about leading up to this game of them being a different team than they were the first than the first time they played the Bucks, a different coaching staff. They had a different mentality. They had a different mindset. They they had a they completely revamped what their identity was as a team. They found their identity as a team, leaning on running the ball, and and you know that that's what they and you and I talked about it leading into it like that's what they had to do they had to stick with it it was right there yeah it was right there and you know they end up going in getting smoked by Brady and the Bucks that's fine right like we can make our peace getting obliterated by the greatest quarterback of all time we can do that that's fine he still has a sour taste in his mouth from the Eagles in Super Bowl 52 he's admitted that that's fine (laughs) We can all agree. It's like once it's all said and done, you're like, okay, if they go in there and they play their game, they play a great game, but they lose to a team that is just better. You you can say, all right, sucks, but okay, well, let's yeah. let's build this up for next year. Just real quick to go with that, it's because of the fact that we were all just so happy they even got there. They right. beat the odds, they beat the expectations. We were like, yes, this is ending on a perfect note, and right. then. Pick back up where you were. They go in 
and they completely revert back to who they were when they were two and five and the reason that they were two and five. I mean, the fact that they went in there with this garbage game plan, they played scared, they coached scared. They, it was a complete out coach performance, which is is, is, you know, a shame about it. Like Jalen hurts threw the ball 43 times. They only had 17 rushing attempts. Like, the Eagles, 17 rushing attempts, 95 yards and a touchdown, 38 rushing yards in the first half, only eight attempts. They had nine in the third quarter after they got down 31. Like, you know, Todd Bowles, or I'm sorry, they had nine yards in the third quarter on the ground when Todd Bowles was sending everybody and the kitchen sink at, at the Eagles offense, which he should have done. But like, more than half of their rushing yards came in the fourth quarter. One of them was through Boston Scott's 34-yard run. They had nine rushing attempts in the second. Like, just that in itself, forget the fact that they played poorly across the board. That in itself was enough to make me furious. And it just, instead of leaving the season with, okay, they were outdueled by a superior opponent who is the, you know, number two seed, obviously they were the seven seed and they sort of got in there. Mm-hmm. They got themselves in there, but you know, it, it, they got in there because the, the playoffs are expanded now, right? Like there's an additional team let in both additional teams let in did not belong there. <laughs> that's fine. But you know, had they gone in, played their game and played well, just lost, you say, okay, let's go to the draft with all these picks we got. Let's go, you know, figure out figure out the holes in this team build it up for next year instead they completely just ruined everything and left everybody feeling horrible horrible and just to like add some things on to what you said because you hit it right on the head um the I think one of the biggest things about it is going into that game I expressed my concern and the fact that we knew they needed to run that was their strength blah 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 and I was like I even said in that show that if we knew that the Eagles were going to come out a power rushing offense, that you know Todd Bowles and the Bucks defense would assume the same thing. But that's us. And that was one of my worries because I knew that they were going to come out strong trying to shut down the Eagles run. And that's exactly what they did. But the difference is that's us just being like, we know this is going to happen. You would think that the Eagles would also think like that and be like, now we got to think a step ahead. And that's where the coaching staff failed because they should have put all the pieces together and been like, they're going to expect this. What do we have up our sleeve to kind of give them that shock value and make this successful? And they didn't do it. And that's where it's like so concerning on their part to me, because I mean, obviously Todd Bull has, has a lot more on that defense than the Eagles have anywhere, you know? So like they were just outmatched talent wise, but there is no excuse for the coaching staff to be as bad as they were and another thing that hurt us, because we went into that game so optimistic, even though we knew we were outmatched talent-wise, was there was not a speck of water on that field besides the sprinklers pregame. How did what? that happen? Where was the rain that I was promised? That the did rain and the wind? In the fourth quarter. Where was the rain that I was promised? Nope, just blue skies. Blue skies. It was a beautiful day for Tom. Getting a little oh. tan, maybe. Oh, oh. Oh. It was just <laughs> terrible. As soon as they said no rain, I think I went from a, ah, we might have a chance. Like, I'm going to go with the underdogs here. 
I went straight from that to, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It was just, nothing went their way that day. No. But like you said, we, it just, if anything, it made it worse. We went into that game so optimistic and liking where this team was. Not all the way around, obviously. There were some holes that we knew we needed to fill this offseason. But yeah. because of that game, it was just kind of like alert, 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 alert. Right. And you at least are nothing else. You hope that one Howard Roseman saw the same thing. And you hope that, especially after watching not only the rest of the games in wildcard weekend, but also the slate of games through the divisional weekend, which were fantastic. But fantastic. you look at that and you say to yourself, okay, the Eagles have what, 10 or so draft picks, three first round picks this year. They are so much more than just a quarterback. Oh, 100%. You know, you can leave Jalen Hurts in there for a year and give him the opportunity and and hope that he grows. Because again, we've talked about the intangibles. We talked about how you can't just go find those. You can lock yourself into those and gamble on, can he improve, right? And you, he absolutely, you know, I don't, I don't trust a single word that Howie Roseman says ever. (laughs) But he does deserve, he has done more than enough to secure himself the starting spot week one, 2022. Beyond that, week one, you have, you, you've earned your spot there. Beyond yes, that, I, what happens? But there's so much more that needs help. Oh, 100%. I agree with you on um, the Jalen Hurts thing, 100% in the fact that he was a reason that we lost a few games, but he was also the reason that we were where we were. And he did a lot of good. It was his first full year there, you know. So it's like you do give him the kind of benefit of the doubt. But with all of that being said, like we've kind of broke it down before. And I'm just really in the mindset that like he deserves to be here next year because he's not going to make this team melt down. And he's also, with that being said, not this team's future Super Bowl winning quarterback. You know, so I think he's good enough to be a placeholder because we, as you just said, there's a lot of holes on here. And he's definitely not the worst aspect. So going into this draft, I think a lot of people are on the same page. You use what draft picks that they keep, which I hope they at least keep two first. Um, You use which ones they keep and focus on the defense with those first, in my mind. You You know? I mean, when you look, especially, you know, where they go from here, when you look at their list of free agents right now, you know, all of their unrestricted free agents, aside from Jordan Howard, are defensive players. You, Steven Nelson, Ryan Kerrigan, Jannard Avery, Derek Barnett, Hassan Ridgeway, Rodney McLeod, and Anthony Harris, and then Jordan Howard. That's your list of unrestricted free agents. That's a lot. I mean, and you look at that and you think, okay, we've got Darius Slay. We Avante Maddox had a phenomenal year that this year, but who are you going to put on that other side now? You need someone on that other side. They have... No defensive ends other than Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham's coming off a major injury. Josh Sweat is, you know, has improved dramatically, but you still need more there. And you like what you saw this year. Obviously, Javon Hargrave took a, you know, an enormous step this year. You love what you're seeing from Milton Williams early, but you know, can he keep that up as being a really significant part of that of that rotation there, especially when you're losing, you know, someone like a Hassan Ridgeway, who I don't know if they're gonna keep, but was a big rotational piece for them. You know, you're and you know, Ryan Kerrigan was absolutely useless. Um until that final game, he was yeah. one of the only ones that stepped up. Decided to show up. Yeah. And, 
Yeah. And so that's that's that. Then you I mean, they linebackers, we've talked about linebackers at at you know, extensive lengths and the issues there. And then you go one step back and your top two starting safeties are free agents. And have Kayvon Wallace and and Marcus Epps showed you that they can take over for the defense and be your, you know, your number one and number two safeties at this point? Probably not. So there's so much there that needs to be addressed, whether it be using a first to leverage a trade somewhere, using some of these later round picks to leverage a trade somewhere, but using these early picks, like they have to use one of those first rounders on a corner. Do they not? On a corner, and then I would love the linebacker from Georgia. I think that's exactly what they use. I mean, I've said it on a couple right. shows right now, is you take – yeah, what is the linebacker's name? I always forget it. Dean. N'Kobe Dean. That's it. But um, so he's the one from Georgia that I would love, and then you're right on the corner part. But I think what they need to do, who knows what's going to happen with Howie Roseman. And if he does mess up this draft, he has to, has to, has to be gone. But – um. No, I think that they should because of the place that they're in. They're obviously probably not going to keep all three of those first-round picks, but I would like if they kept two of them, used one in a perspective kind of trade. So, like, if they were to use it to get a big-time free agent, I would be down for that. Or even if they just used it to add another first next year, I think that would be my dream scenario because of – the position and all the holes that they have on this team. You stock up, you get two play right now defensive guys that make a difference from the start. You kind of work your way through free agency, do what you do there, fix some holes. And then next year, that's when you worry about, okay, we have two first. We need this hole still that we could draft. And then also it's a quarterback heady draft next year. So maybe that's the time you start considering with the Jalen Hurts. Like I feel like a lot of people are taking these draft picks I don't see it as much anymore, but they're just saying like, oh, you use them, you bring in uh, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. And that, if anything, the game that we just saw in that wild card round showed, like you said, how many holes that they have. They are not a quarterback away. So that would just be the biggest waste to give those draft picks for a play right now, make a difference right now at the end of their prime quarterback Yeah, for a team that has literally no shot at the Super Bowl in the following year. 100%. It's one thing to use one of the one of those first round picks somewhere to bring yeah, in Yeah, like okay, yeah, exactly. You or like you said, you know, think about next year's draft and maybe try mm-hmm. to leverage that in in some situation. Um three first round picks for a mid 30s quarterback is and and it just letting the rest of the chips fall where they may that does not help you that no like that literally by the time they build up the rest of the team to get them to where they needed to be russell wilson will be retired (laughs) you know like i actually don't know his age off the top of my head so not retired but he's not going to be prime right it's it's just it's yeah it's it's so many other other issues and you know you also have to look at how bad the defense was especially in that I mean and I know that you for this one I really just don't think their stats tell the whole story for some of the things that we were seeing and the lack of adjustments that were sometimes made and I I just they need help that defense needs help going forward like the offense I still think has 
potential. I think that, you know, you're going to have to figure some things out with the longevity of the offensive line and, and yeah. your planning. We still don't know what's, you know, going to happen with Jason Kelsey. Brandon Brooks is retiring. Um, you know, you, you, you don't know exactly what's going to happen there. You need to plan for the future there. But in terms of, you know, you've got some good running backs there. You've got your, you know, number one receiver. You need to, you oh, know, yeah. there's, there's a lot of interesting receivers in, free agency that could be number two receiver. Yeah, that's all they need is to bring on yeah, just bring on a number two wide receiver. And I love that of Devontae Smith, a number two free agent guy they bring in, and then Quez Watkins as the three guy. hundred percent. I love that. I think that sounds perfect. And that's that is one thing that worried me about Jalen Hurts real quick is just the fact that you would think him and Devontae Smith would have some kind of connection because they played a little bit at Alabama together and they just do not click for some reason and Jalen Hurts in that game I think was the worst part of the offense in that wild card game because of his field vision and just his connection he was not on point anywhere 100% I also think that Nick Sirianni like completely pooped the bed on his game plan and they like there, no, I agree. I agree with you. Well, I understand. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Jalen Hurts was the worst part of that offense. No questions. His field vision was abysmal. He 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 was not. He was not good. Not mm-hmm. good. Nick Sirianni did not at any point in time put him in a place to succeed either. And as a head coach, it is your responsibility to get your best player involved in the offense. Oh, no, that 100%. And he, and he My did. thing about and it, too. That's, that's what frustrates me about Nick Sirianni as well, is, like, you had this great 10-game run, and why all of a sudden did you, like, cower in a corner because you were playing Tom Brady again? There's no excuse for, A, Jalen Hurts not getting it done with Devontae, with, uh, Devontae Smith. There's also no excuse for Nick Sirianni not forcing the issue when your best player is not seeing the ball. Jess, what do you think the likelihood is – of if we see the same thing out of Sirianni next year, what do you think the likelihood is that he'll be here at the end of this quote-unquote rebuild? If we see the same thing from Nick Sirianni next year and the Eagles don't improve and Jalen Hurts doesn't improve and this offense as a whole doesn't improve, I don't think they keep, I don't think they keep him around for much longer. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Because I think, you know, I I hate to bring up Chip Kelly, but remember, like, Chip Kelly's first year, they went 10 and six, made the playoffs, lost in the first round, but also like saw some things, right? There mm-hmm. were some really bad games. There were some really good games. And you thought, okay, maybe we can work with this here if they all sort of collectively figure it out. Now, the difference there was they gave Chip Kelly control of everything and yeah. let him just do what he pleased. Um, and that was part of the issue. But, you know, then from there, it started to, you know, people figured it out and it, really just fell apart and they were bad. Like really, really bad. He got into his third year and Jeffrey Lurie didn't even let him finish that year. That the last game of that year, I think Pat Shermer was the Eagles head coach for a game. You're right. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I like, I think that if he doesn't improve and this game plan doesn't improve, the offense doesn't improve, et cetera, we're seeing the same things. I don't know if he'll do a mid season change. 
because I think that's admitting all sorts of issues. It would have to be really bad for that to happen. Yeah, it would have to be really, really bad in in terms of the culture issue that mm-hmm. she created, which is why that was so bad. But I think that there would be absolutely a really high chance that Nick Sirianni would lose his job if this if we end the same way or worse. I agree. And the fact that now he will be here for a second year, he'll have more of the guys that he specifically wanted to kind of like build his team, if you want to say that. You know what I mean? So there is no excuse that he's just trying to work with whatever he's got. Like, no, you brought in these people. Right. And similarly with Jalen Hurts as well. This is his first time since high school that he hasn't had to learn a new offense and system and get to know a new offensive coordinator slash coaching staff in his career since high school. So I think that could be, you know, of course, a benefit to to him as well. And Mm -hmm. that's one of those things that you're like, okay, we're going to give you all of these constants now. And we're not going to, you know, I think they do still explore, you know, options at quarterback. They're going to look into every option. It's the part of the Eagles job as an organization to yeah. do that. But it's also, you know, the job of, of them. And we talked about this a lot with Carson Wentz. Like it's their job to do this, but it's also their job to, you know, instill enough confidence where you're not completely ruining yeah. your culture, et cetera. So I think that, you know, they're, they're going to explore the options. They've already give, given Jalen Hurts their their vote of confidence. So I think their confidence, you know, putting in the right guys, having the full offseason, not having to learn a new system. I think all of those things, giving him that constant, you know, you're going to see his ability to grow or not to grow. And that's going to, you know, be... I still think you need more than, you know, a game or two. Like, you know, oh, yeah. they start one and one. Let's not freak out. But... I think that you know it's going to be pretty apparent by the end of next season what the correct direction is. I agree. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about everything else going on around the NFL because it was one of the craziest weekends of my literal entire life. You are listening to the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into episode number 77 of Babes on Broad. Jess, you already said it in your teaser going to the break. It was one of the best weekends of football that I've ever seen in my life. Ever. 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 All four divisional divisional round games came down to the final possession. Who had the ball last? That is incredible. They were just such good matchups. It was... I don't, I don't even know. Like, it was just, I'm speechless because of how good it was. It was in a, I couldn't believe how unbelievable it was. Like, I couldn't, it's still amazing to me how sensational of a weekend it was. I legitimately, how can the conference championships or the Super Bowl even remotely match up to this? I agree. And the fact that, I mean, you had the Bengals upset the Titans, the number one seed, and then you had the 49ers do the same thing with Aaron Rodgers and then in Lambeau. It was just that I think was more shocking in the fact that because in our last show, I was like the Titans, like they don't even feel like a number one seed, like get them out of here. No, you're like, they're such a fake number one seed. No, they were. And I showed you. Correct. (laughs) Not showed you. They put up a fight at least, but. Yeah, but they got knocked out right away. It's just crazy, though. Both teams that had a bye out. So you got the Bengals going on to play the Chiefs, which I did say I wanted one of them as my Super Bowl for the AFC. So I'm right either way. (laughs) I I am just – I can't believe – first of all, wait, we have to backtrack to Wild Card Weekend for a second. The Cowboys suck bad. That is the only reason that we didn't have everybody lining up to – Jump off tall buildings. Yeah, I was going to say that. And I was like, is that too bold? Maybe I'll say Storm Lilling. I don't know. (laughs) No, I would have lined up to jump off the Comcast building, but then (laughs) Dak Prescott did what he did. And you're like, "Mm, well, Jalen Hurts played like garbage against the greatest quarterback of all time in his first playoff game at 23 years old. And the Cowboys are paying Dak Prescott $40 million a year to – not realize or remember that you have to hand the ball to the ref, not your center, and then criticizing yeah, was... the refs and encouraging fans to throw things at the refs. Good so on bad, but so good. So, so beautiful, which was <laughs> ah, beautiful. And, okay, so back to the divisional games. I was very surprised with the way that Aaron Rodgers went out. Like, I was shocked in the way that he played. He did not have his best game at all. How indifferent and just like, man, I don't really feel like being a part of a rebuild. Which, like, I get. At his age, you don't want – like, I get that. But also just, like, the way he went about it. I was was actually – No, just – I agree. He is – like, Dion and I were talking about it as we were watching that game. Aaron Rodgers is one of my most – or I guess least liked athletes, professional athletes. Like just his whole demeanor, he thinks he's like God's gift to everybody, especially to freaking Green Bay. And it's just like, dude, get off your high horse. 
Like, yes, you've had some Hail Marys. You're a great quarterback. Like, there's no denying that. But, right. like, there's a ton of great quarterbacks, and they don't act like everybody owes them something and that they're the coolest person at all times. Right. And He's like- just a weird dude. I don't like his demeanor. And you're right. In that game, he did, like, he had a lot of mistakes, and he definitely just wasn't that Aaron Rodgers energy that's, like, he's going to throw the Hail Mary and win this game. He was just kind of like, eh. It is what it is. Right. Yeah. Like- and which is almost the vibe I got from Brady on Sunday as well. Um, less because they still came like the way they came back in that game. And, you know, Brady still plays with that fire. But when Brady walked off the field, I kind of got that vibe from him. Like it is what I, it is. Yeah, I definitely um, I wouldn't say during the game. I thought no. that because during the game, yeah, like he had that final drive and then the Rams just got the ball with like 10 seconds, got the field goal. But the competitor. Yeah, exactly. And like, so Tom Brady during the game, I didn't see that. Whereas like Aaron Rodgers, I think that just shows how much fed up he was with Green Bay. Sure. And like, he was just over it. But um, no, Brady's more of just like a, ah, I gave it a shot. That was a good run, kids. Kind of thing at the end. You think he's huh? done? You think he's done? I don't know. I think it might be one of those ones where he really leans on it and makes you think it. And then last minute's like, I'm back, you know, but cause it's his reasons. They're, his reasons are really good. And it's the fact that like his family, his wife, yeah. like, and he's and, said that for years. Yeah, exactly. And like, but now when you say it, like before it was kind of like, Oh, my wife hates this, but he actually sounded sincere when he was saying it. So there is a high chance, but I think, that as like he's kind of processing it and they're leaning towards it I think his family will be like oh my gosh like this is going to be tough on him and like last minute be like you know what just do it one more year know that this is your final year going into it kind of thing yeah I just I think I think it's strange because I think there have never been rumors about his retirement like this and I thought it was interesting that these came out two days before this game mm-hmm. and then he was asked about it and he's been talking about it so openly and just sort of the way at the end of the game he didn't look really that mad he was smiling he went and shook everybody's hand yeah. like he just seemed like that that might have been his like ride off into the sunset a little bit and I agree and because skip- he's because he's you're right he seems sincere with like yeah my family needs me. My wife needs me. And if my heart's not in it, that's when I know. And mate. Yeah, I know it is. It is interesting. And man, I know a lot of Eagles fans are going to be mad if I say this, but it's going to, it's going to get my feels a little bit. I know everybody's annoyed. It's kind of like how everybody hates seeing the chiefs again in the um, AFC championship game. But, like, it's just, like, I love the sport so much. And even though it's not the Eagles, obviously I wish it was. I just, like, I appreciate those talents so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it, it gets me in the feels. It's it's one of those things that I think it's it's I, it's not going to make me sad. But it's one of those – you're going to have that realization at one point. I think every football fan is going to have that moment of that, like, holy crap, like, what like the realization of what we were able to witness over the last 20 years and I I agree I I totally agree since the Super Bowl win I've been able to put my hatred aside and appreciate 
how fantastic he is. And I think especially these last couple years of him being in Tampa, he's way more likable than yeah. he was in New England. He was not likable. He when- was all business in New England. And yeah. Tampa Tom out in the sun, throwing the, the party, smiling across the river. Yeah, on the boat. Sit on tequila. Like, I love He's this. He's his best life. He's, yeah, I agree. I think he kind of is enjoying that too. And he's with his family. He's kind of like, yo, this is what retirement's like. Like, I'm going to be cool. Yeah. You know, she stays down in Florida, hangs out a little bit longer. So I think, I think, you know, I don't think it's that his family is pressuring him. I think he might be starting to have that like, you know, dad moment of I'm, I'm missing things. Yeah. Because they are getting older. Starting starting to get involved in, in sports Mm -hmm. and different things. And he's probably, you know, he's not able to, you know, go to soccer games on Saturday and, and, and things like that. So I think that's probably something that he's starting to. Could you imagine if Tom Brady's your kid's little league coach, like the dad that steps in to be the little league coach, I would be like, <laughs> like, oh my I hope God. he shows up and like dad sand, like does the whole thing, like just goes super OTT. Like, dude, I definitely could see that too. Nine. I, 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 and his Ugg flip flops. Yes. Real question is so if Tom does retire, do you think Gronk stays another year or do you think he's just like, ah, I'm out with my buddy? I think he might wait to see what the Bucks' plan would be. I don't like, I don't think if they were to draft some rookie quarterback. I don't think Gronk would stay around for that, but I think if they were were to pull off, like if in the weirdest world where Aaron Rodgers walks away from Green Bay and walks into Tampa to replace Tom Brady, oh I think God. Gronk might be like, "Yeah, I could, I could stay." I could, yeah, I think he I would if here. in that scenario. Yeah, because he's probably, I don't know, like obviously he's besties with Brady and he doesn't. I don't right. think he would be like, oh, like. I can do it myself. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think it'd be if, interesting if there would be some court, some sort of proven quarterback or, or in some capacity, I think Gronk might mess around with the idea of staying a little bit longer, but if they were to just kind of pull in somebody or let, you know, Blaine Gabbert be the starting quarterback, I think Gronk would be like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm done now. I'm, I'm really, truly done. this. Yeah, time. no, I could see that, but yes. Okay. So for my picks, our last episode to yes. who would be in these divisional round games or not. No. Yeah. In the divisional round. So not the championships. Cause yeah. I, yeah. we didn't get that far. We didn't get that far, but divisional round games. I was right on every single team besides the Rams getting there. I had Brady going back, but with that being said, who is, cause you got, we already said it, the bills. I mean, not the bills. The Chiefs and the Bengals in the AFC Championship. And then you got the 49ers and Rams in the NFC Championship. Who are your two teams you're thinking are going to the Super Bowl? I'm kind of putting you on the spot. I'm sorry. So I want the Bengals to win. I just think that would be fun. I enjoy watching. I think a lot of people think play. That. I I enjoy watching the the city of Cincinnati having their fun. I think that would just be fun, and ultimately, I don't think they're going to win. I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think the Chiefs are just a better team, but I do hope we get a, another good game there and another. I think we will watch, and I, I agree with you. I think we will. I just I hope that stays true. Um, I think that. 
it's really, you know, the, the, I think, I think the Rams are clicking on all cylinders right now as well. And I think they're playing really well. I just think they have to, their defense needs to hold on because their offense can get it done. But I think their defense, obviously like they, they started to lose it towards the back end and almost let that game get away. Yeah. Time. So I, but the other my, team doesn't have Tom Brady, right? This time. Yeah. Like, true. Jimmy Garoppolo who has not played well. <laughs> I know. Wait. So with that being said, who's your Super Bowl picks before I get into mine? So I think that the Super Bowl, I think it's going to be a Rams chiefs Super Bowl. I Rams do. Chiefs. Okay. I think that is very, very possible. I'm with you in the fact that I love Joe Burrow and I think what he's doing with the Bengals would be cool. So like that would be cool in the fact that it's just a switch up. I mean, this is the fourth time in four years that the Chiefs have hosted the AFC championship. So people are definitely begging for something different. And yeah. Joe Burrow's a cool You just get sick of seeing the same team. That's all. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. And I can understand that. But... I, Patrick Mahomes is great and I enjoy watching their offense play with yeah. all the weapons. It's just fun to see new teams and I agree and I understand everybody's standpoint on that I do happen to love the Chiefs I know everybody hates me for it but I do love the Chiefs and I just think I'm calling for Andy Reid though I I love seeing Andy, Andy. Reid well I love Andy Reid and I love Patrick Mahomes and I love Travis Kelsey I just love everything about it and to the people that are like I hate Mahomes fiance and his brother blah 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 I'm like dude I haven't seen one thing on my social media. So obviously you're just following the wrong people. Okay. Get over yourself. Don't look at it if you don't like it. I think I, that's such I a stupid totally narrative. People's issues with them. But I also think people, you're right. People give them just way to stop paying attention. Stop. Literally. Reading. If you don't like stop, them, literally stop don't follow them. Stop talking about them and they become irrelevant. A hundred percent. So like that, I hate that part of people being like, I hate the chiefs because of that. And I'm like, grow up. But no, I love I love the Chiefs. I love the Bengals. I think it's going to be a really great game because I think Joe Burrow is kind of going to be on that big stage and like kind of light up. Yeah. But I do think that the Chiefs are just the better team overall. And the Bengals do, did have offensive line issues in that Titans game. I mean, it, they set a record. It was like 11 or 12 times they let Joe Burrow get sacked. So I just think that the Chiefs are the better team. So I think they will go back to the Super Bowl. The Bengals, it's a great season for them, even if they are out in the AFC championship. But so Chiefs, I have coming out of the AFC. The 49ers-Rams game is going to be a great game, and that's the one that's really tough for me And the fact that both teams, it's going to be games of the defenses because <clears throat> you think about it, the Rams, they really only have – yeah, they have Stafford. It would be awesome to have Stafford – in the Super Bowl, I think that would be amazing. Um, and it might be why I'm leaning towards them a little bit. But the fact is he only has Cooper Cup. And I think because of this 49ers defense is so good. Are you forgetting who their other wide receiver is? Well, yeah, Odell. But, like, look, at if you watch that other game, literally every time they needed a big thing or, like, had a big drive or anything. Sure. And in that final game, it was Cooper Cup. their big play machine for sure. Exactly. Like I think Odell like Beckham's obviously great. There. I think Odell Beckham's great, obviously, but Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford, like they're the, why they've had so much success this season. I mean, sure. he's the only wide receiver in talks for MVP. You know what I mean? Not in true talks, but in potential talks. Um, so I just think the 49ers defense 
is going to be able to, they're just so good. They, if they're smart, they'll try to eliminate that. And that gives them the chance. So that's where I'm just kind of like, eh, there's ways to stop the Rams, but just out of my likelihood, I think it's going to be a great game. I think the Rams do take it just because I like them better than the 49ers. Yeah. And I think it'd be cool to see Stafford in a Super Bowl. Yeah. I think that ultimately you're right. The defenses are going to have a huge part in this game and the Rams defense almost gave it away last week, but that's also primarily because the man Tom Brady was on the other side of that. Yeah. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is, I mean, he has not played well in these playoffs at all. And they have won in spite of him because they have collectively across the board been put in the best position to succeed. Like play calling has been great. Their special teams has been yeah. great. They've, they've, they've done a lot as a complete football team to win in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo not being, you know, the, the number one star. Of well, that and Jess, that's a great point. And I think the league where it used to just be defense wins championships, it's more so defense and a great quarterback are the difference makers now in the league. Like, you know what I mean? Like just having a good defense isn't enough anymore. So that's a great point. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the worst quarterback. So that's going to be like out of these four teams still in it. So I'm going to go Chiefs Rams as well. Who do you think wins that matchup? If that's what it ends up being. Chiefs. I think so too. I really don't want to see Sean McVay's smug face win a Super Bowl. I know. I think, I think I might be biased on that because just thinking about it, like it's going to be a great matchup just seeing how dynamic that Chiefs offense is right now against that Rams stack defense that's like the best defense ever on paper just looking at the names you know on paper but just so not performance wise I know but that's why it's just like you see those names and it's like how can you pick against that yeah but then you also watch Patrick Mahomes play and you're like oh I know and that's why I think it is going to be a difference maker there because it's Patrick Mahomes and Travis I'm going to be Kelsey. so pissed if these games in the Super Bowl are garbage compared to the divisional weekend, and they should have just given us the best of seven series between the Bills and the Chiefs for the rest Honest, of the Honest, I know that's what gets me. I I watched that Bills-Chiefs game, and I was like, that could have been my Super Bowl. That was a great game. It was phenomenal. I could not watch I could not watch games this weekend or the Super Bowl and be content with the football I've seen. I'm I agree. Not, but I could and be perfectly, yeah. perfectly set. No, I agree. Ugh. Football. Poor Josh Allen, by the way. Oh, AFC is just stacked oh. with young, great quarterbacks. Oh, my heart hurts for Bills fans and Josh Allen because they are us, just cold wet, even colder weather us. I just, I do. And it's so funny because Joe and I had this conversation yesterday and he calls me on the phone and he's like, I was arguing with someone today. I don't think that the NFL overtime rules should be changed. I don't and think I, so either. And I said, okay, why? And he went through this whole explanation and completely changed his argument by the end. And I was like, so to sum up, you do think that both teams should have the opportunity to possess the ball in overtime. And he was like, yeah, I guess. And I was like, right. Okay. Yeah. So if you gave me that option, I would choose that. But when I was saying, like, I think the fact that everybody's trying to blame the loss on the overtime rules. I'm like, okay, well that's stupid. You knew the overtime rules going into it, but it's, it's, I don't think it's the overtime rules. It's essentially the fact that the winner of the coin toss wins the game 90% of the time. 
was. I agree, the, but yeah. that's the issue. The it, defense, the Bills' defense, is the reason they lost. It's not the overtime rule. No one's defense was stopping anybody. They they went up and down the field in they there there were twenty five points scored after the two minute warning. I know that, that was, was crazy. Ridiculous. They were going up and down. But see, and that's a point too, though. But that's the point. Whoever's defense was on the field wasn't stopping anybody. So but that's the point is if they were just going to go back and forth, they can't let it end in a tie and it would have just went on forever. You don't know that. But you, you, you get one stop. It takes one, that, that it takes one stop there that one team scores, kicks the field goal and the other one doesn't. And you get to the end where could the, could, could it be a walk-off field goal at a fifth quarter? Who knows? They have to do something. Both teams need to possess the ball. Maybe do one round. No wrong. Of, the coin toss decides the winner. Maybe do one overtime of going back and forth. Like each team gets a chance to have the ball. If each team scores or each team has a field goal, whatever, it's still in a tie. Second overtime, they do first possession coin flip. Would you be okay with that? No, because it's still the same principle. It's still well, the same. Jess, they can't they, just they let have the game go on for Do college rules then. Do what they do in college then. It's literally they it's literally a two-point conversion. They okay. go to two-point conversions after that. Because they do okay, an I could do that. I could do two-point conversions. I I don't know what the solution is. I don't have the perfect solution. <laughs> I just know it's because of TV time. They can't possibly just leave it willing to have a potential of going forever. Which is crap. I know. It's I could have watched that game forever. Would you let it go on forever if they just had to stop broadcasting it after two overtimes? Yes. F- have a, I, need a, a like, I need a better decision that sits right. I would be sick to my stomach if I was Josh Allen. Sick. I know. I know. It really does suck for him. And he's just in a division, like I said, that's got great, great young quarterbacks. So he's always going to have to just fight and hope his team helps him out. So brutal. So brutal. I know, oh. because in all fairness, the Bills would beat the Bengals, I think. Yeah, so, I agree. And yeah, and I, as Those much as I love... Those were the best teams in the AFC, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. That's what I'm saying. So, like, as much as I love seeing Joe Burrow, like, I said that weird, Joe Burrow, <laughs> um, <laughs> I would, yeah, I agree. Like, it should be Josh Allen in the AFC Championship instead of just saying Josh Allen was in the divisional round and got knocked out. But, yeah. I mean... Ugh. It is how the cookie is. crumbles. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. <laughs> I hope we've got some good football to watch this weekend. But thank you for listening to episode 77 of Babes on Broad. Thank you to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Make sure you're following all the socials, especially as we get into the offseason, what the Eagles are going to do, who is retiring, who's not retiring, who's staying, who's going in free agency, the draft. We will talk to you through all of these things, breaking down what the Eagles are doing, especially as we get closer to the draft and as the season's starting. But we will be back next week to talk about what's going on in the NFL as well. Anything having to do with the Eagles in that time, which I hope there is nothing because that (laughs) would make me sad. I'm sure it would. But thank you as always, and we will talk to you next week. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com VIYA.
Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.